Hi, and welcome to Irresponsibly Powerless, a comic book discussion show, where we'll be talking about the books that came out this week, along with anything else that comes up along the way. We're going to be your host. My name is Eric. And my name is Nick. Um, this week was a slow week. Um, yeah. We've been having a lot of those lately, I feel but like. But it was a pretty crazy week still. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had some good comics this week. I, I personally picked up three. I think you picked up a few more. I did, actually. I, I kind of went out of my way a little bit more this week, and I picked up a book that I've been kind of meaning to. Like I, I, th- I, I was thinking was pretty good, but um, I haven't gotten early a chance to jump on yet, but I went in and give that a try, along with uh-huh. my random pick as well. See, yeah, I always worry about that on the slow weeks. I always worry that I'm going <laughs> to... I'm always tempted to pick up some some other stuff because I'm like, well, I'm not spending as much money. I can I can buy other things, but I'm always afraid that it'll be really good. And that you have one more thing. Add to my stacks <laughs> from for just the rest of yeah. eternity. So I, I've been trying to keep myself in check, more or less. But um, that's fair. That's I mean yeah. I don't know. I I guess I do that far too often, as you can see by the fact that my pull list is as long as any card catalog. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's good that one of us does it. And the one of us. <laughs> as long as that one of yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anyway, but um, we're gonna start this week off with something we both picked up, and it's something we've been following for a while. Green Lantern Corps seventeen came out this mm-hmm. week. Um, I guess it's part nine. Out of uh, God knows how many. So I actually I went and I checked, and apparently there's one more issue of Green Lantern Corps, and there's two more issues I think of the uh, the re- regular Green Lantern series. Wow. Well, we'll see how it it falls together. So. Yeah, I want to see how it wraps up in those those many issues. The cover of this one is interesting. It's uh pretty horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, it's there. There's a really uh messed up looking uh, Guy Garner on the cover apparently murdered yeah. her face. He, he looks pretty <laughs> sadistic in his own little way there. It's I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that's the whole point. Is it's the supposed po- to be kind of like scary, grisly. Right, right, right. The, I think that's the thing that really got me was that it's, it's the point of view of the person being killed is the reader. Yeah. Which was, yeah, disconcerting. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, nonetheless, it, it was an interesting cover. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had heard. Um, I can't exactly remember what my source was on this, but I had heard some people complaining about the art in this book. Did you find any problems uh-huh. with the art in this book? Like any big problems? Uh no problems. But it's 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 never once flattened me. You know, it's never once been like wow. I mean. To be honest, the, the, this particular issue, I had a few problems with it. The faces occasionally were felt like really. If you look, especially at Guy Garner, a couple times, he's um, there seems to be a lot of lines in his face. You know, it's a lot of action in there, and I, I think it's just trying to it's trying to make him look gritty or or give detail to the faces, but it just kind of comes off as as a little bit distracting. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, I think it's fine. It's serviceable, at least, so... Yeah. I mean, I I can see what you mean, especially on that the the one page that they have. I, I think that's probably the one that you're pointing out, where they're they're just arriving over at Mount Rushmore. It's, it's, it's almost over-stylized at points. Yeah. Um, Actually, I... Is, 
I, I went to go check because it looked like there were a couple of different styles in one part. And apparently they've got four different people doing pencils on this issue. Yeah, I I noticed there are a bunch of names on the cover. Um, I don't know exactly how it works. different at times. I don't know either. Um, but they are flying. They're, they're kicking these issues out pretty quick. So I can see that it, um, I mean, I could see that happening. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not too bad, though, considering, you know, if, if literally most of these people, if, the, if these guys are doing, like, almost every fourth page, you know, their own, it, it's still put together okay, you know, it's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wasn't paying a huge amount of attention to the art until somebody had mentioned it. I went through, but, you know. Uh, obviously some of them are a little bit more interesting than others i guess in terms of their art styles but i don't know i i've never i mean since i've been reading it i I, i've never been like really upset with this with any of the any of the art that goes into it although i have to say the very last page when superman prime is flying forward he looks like a woman. A woman or possibly the Joker's son. Joker. Yeah. Also, I think soup uh, and like, I mean, I don't know if they're purposely drawing Saddam Yacht differently on the last page, but he looks a billion, like, he looks like a completely new person. Like, just flip back a page uh-huh. and then flip to the new Ion. And I, I don't know, maybe they're just trying to make him look different, but he does, that That dude does not look like Saddam Yacht. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe they're trying to make know. him look like he's got a completely different style as the new Ion. Yeah. Which, by the way, spoilers, that's what happened. They make a new oh, Ion yeah. with Saddam. I just shat all over the ending, but whatever. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. That wasn't that. I mean, even I wasn't surprised, and I'm an idiot, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, thanks for agreeing there, Eric. You, well, you are an idiot, but <laughs> it's a lovable idiot sort of thing. And they also, I, I mean, I guess the the other big reveal in this one is something they've been hinting at as well, and that's that Saddam Yacht is, as, I, as I'd like to call him, a poor man Superman, because <laughs> he's got some Superman powers, but apparently isn't quite as powerful as Superman. Like He's got, he's got the ass-kicked part of Superman's powers. Like, yeah. He can repeatedly have his ass handed to him without dying. <laughs> Which, Which is, is pretty is sweet. almost a curse. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Although he apparently takes it as a blessing because he repeatedly goes after the anti-monitor, but I don't know. I think he's. I think the idea is that he's also going to get more powers as he's exposed to the yellow sun. One would hope. That <laughs> it's not just you, you keep getting your ass kicked. I don't know. I still like this issue. I, I, I'm a little disappointed it's ending in three issues. It feels like it might be rushed, but I, again, I haven't read them obviously, so we'll see. But. Um... Yeah, I I have a feeling that it'll wrap up mainly in the Green Lantern book itself. This one's probably going to finish up with a huge fight between Superman Prime and Ion. And then, you know, they'll all jump in and try to, like, lend a hand to to finish off everybody else. But then... And anti-modern. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to deal with that. I'm sure that's going to be something that they're going to need Hal Jordan to deal with in the very end. So they'll leave that. Because it's all about the humans. Yeah, it's really human-centric. In the I don't know. That always bugged me about Green Lantern was that, I, I mean, I know I, I am a human. Um, I like to see humans, but, like, 
do you really always have to make them the most badass? Like, there's robots and giant pig creatures and orange chicks and, like, all sorts of people you could make badasses, but... Apparently, always, always the humans. And even now, like, yeah, Saddam Yacht isn't technically a human, but he looks human. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You can't ever make, like, the, the fucking, like, bug guy, like, be a badass <laughs> or, like, the toad Green Lantern. Like, No, of course not. Because you can't identify with him. He's a fucking bug. Are there many <laughs> bugs that you know that buy Green Lantern? True, yep. true. Got a target to your audience, my friend. And you'd think some of these guys would naturally want to eat each other. Just because, you, know, you got, like, lizard guys next to bug guys. You're like, this is not going to work out. <laughs> I could see a problem here. Like, what happens when the rat guy and the snake guy hang out together? Like, Where'd rat guy go? South. It's like, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but, yeah. What do you want? Well, I was, I was telling you a little bit earlier about something that I found that was really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to share that as well. Um, Do tell, Professor Eric. Mm-hmm. Well, let me school y'all. Class is in, bitches. <laughs> so uh, I was actually speaking with some friends, and uh, they're really into Alan Moore and his work. And so they had mentioned to me that, in fact, Alan Moore had done some Green Lantern work. And I didn't realize that, so they brought in a book that was called The DC Universe Stories of Alan Moore. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, which Nikki said was a book that's out of print now. But Yeah, I think it's out of print. It, it, uh, if it's the one I'm thinking about, it's it's, it's actually kind of rare almost now huh. that, that people kind of... I see it on Amazon and people pay hefty sums. Well, maybe I'll just hold on to this copy then and say <laughs> it was lost. And uh, right. there is one particular issue that I ran across... It's called uh, Tigers. Right. Um, it was in the Tales of the Green Lantern Corps Annual Number Two, which was in 1986. Now, why is this important? You might ask. Well, I didn't quite realize this, but there was actually a mention a little while back in Green Lantern Corps and the Sinestro Corps stuff about the original Green Lantern person that handed off his ring to Hal Jordan, whose name was Abin Sir. Yeah, and it, there was something about him having some kind of prophecy of the blackest night, and I thought that was just something that they were pulling out of their ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But apparently, that was something that came directly from this comic book that Alan Moore had written a long time back, and it's all about how Abin Sarah goes to this crazy demon torture planet and uh, speaks with some of the people and. One of the demons, who it turns out later on, is just trying to kill Abinser and actually kind of succeeds. Which you have to read the issue to actually figure that part out. Grants Abinser um, three questions. The answers to three questions. And he finds out with the first two questions that essentially the guy is telling the truth. Um, and so he goes ahead and asks the third question, which is uh, what is the most terrible catastrophe that the Green Lantern Corps in which I serve, has yet to face. And so what happens is he go. this guy goes, this guy, I should say this crazy demon person, <laughs> goes off and talks about the final catastrophe. And it's got all kinds of crazy prophecies about the core getting destroyed, Oa being destroyed, you know, reduced to ashes and things like that. But then it gets into some of the specifics and it says things like, 
Amongst the gathered foemen shall be numbered the weaponers of Quard, ranks the sentient city, and the unspeakable children of the white lobe. And it says, Sodamya, a Daxamite, herald, hailed from the, as the ultimate Green Lantern, will perish battling the lobe spawn. And the planet form Green Lantern named Mogo will be the last to fall as Rance explodes a blink bomb within its core. So apparently... They're just ripping off all their stuff from Alan Moore. <laughs> because that's all the stuff that's been going on here. Obviously, none of it was destroyed, but, like, that was, that's pretty much what's been going on. All the major plot points, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. I mean, I, I say ripping off, but I think that's actually pretty awesome that they went all the way back to something like this and actually followed well, up on it. Obviously, the writer had, like, it. I mean, or, or someone... The editor, or someone had like the first had this idea from way back when. It was pretty cool. I I think. Yeah, no, no, I think that's really awesome. And you know, they incorporated it, but they obviously put their own spin on it. Yeah, and you found it so like surreptitious, you know, like just full on right at the right moment. It's like I was I was shocked by your fortuitousness. Well, I, I have to be honest. I was actually researching this for about three months now. <laughs> it's all I've been doing with my life. I quit my job. No. I, yeah, it was actually really bizarre that I happened across it. But if you want to go check it out, you can get a copy of this book or somehow figure out how to get a copy of that issue in particular. Some magical way on some sort of, I don't know, highway of sorts. <laughs> the internet. Um, and the next one I wanted to talk about was the one that I had actually picked up uh, this week. Because it was a little bit slow, and that's Teen Titans number fifty-two. And this isn't a title that I normally follow, but I thought I would go ahead and give it a try because I don't know. It's always one of those books that I've been intrigued with, and it seems to be it seems to be pretty good when it when it's got a good writer on it. So, which it's which is honestly a, a good amount of the time from what I hear, but I haven't really ever followed it enough to. To get a good idea of what it's like, you know, I can never figure out if it's a if it's a flagship sort of series for DC or what. I don't I don't know if they're really committed. Yeah, to that. well, apparently, I mean, it seems like they are because they they do get some pretty solid writers on there. The current writer is look on it. It's uh, Sean McKeever. I think he might be helping out with Countdown as well. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I mean, he's one of the up and comers. That's one thing to know, but uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, he he did a really good job on this one. Now, this is actually the second part of a storyline that they started about the Titans of Tomorrow. Um, apparently, they ran across some future versions of themselves in one of the previous storylines, where they were all crazy authoritarian, like they had taken over the the world essentially, and all of them had grown up and taken over their like. They assume the mantle of their superiors, and you know the the Robin of the future becomes Batman, and then you've got Very Wonder right. Girl becoming Wonder Woman. You even got uh, the Martian Manhunter girl, Miss Martian, becoming Martian Manhunter. But uh, this second part is basically all of the future ones joining up with their past counterparts. And trying to prevent something that the Justice League initially was supposed to deal with. But turns out the Justice League was indisposed because all of the future Titans t- 
trap them in all kinds of elaborate cages that they couldn't get out of. But uh, <laughs> all of the past Titans have to go and, and stop all these crazy events. And, you know, they're trying to eventually push them to the point where they're either going to start killing people or realizing that they have to do something a little more drastic. But all the Titans obviously don't fall for that shit because they're superheroes just like that. And they end up coming through in the end. In fact, the last issue apparently had Robin where he was about to shoot himself instead of having himself become Good Lord. Batman. Although I assume he wasn't actually going to shoot himself, but it was just a way to get fuck, the fuck future Batman. Future yeah, yeah, exactly. Where he's just that's like, don't gnarly. Yeah, that's that's pretty hardcore. So that's horrible. <laughs> you're, you're a dick. Like that's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Why don't, you just, why don't you just decide not to do that? Like, <laughs> now that you've seen it, like, you can do that. You're the younger one. You don't have to fuck with him. Like, and the, the other thing is, I'm not quite sure why exactly they're just going along with their future selves. Why they don't try to fight them or whatever. I assume it's just because there's stuff that's bad that's going on and they have to stop them first. But they're, like, sitting there conversing with okay. them and they're, like, they realize they're all dicks and stuff, but they they don't, like... I don't know. They don't try to stop them. They just... They're just like, oh, well, it's me. Yeah, they just sit there and kind of talk to them, and they're like, all right, well, that's cool, I guess. Whatever. And then, you know, they get wailed on, and, you know, the guy's sitting there in the corner laughing at him and stuff. It's like, why don't you just fucking punch your future self out, Robin? Just do it. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it's it was it was, it was was a pretty cool comic. I, I don't know if this was necessarily the best showcase of what Teen Titans has to offer, but I had fun with it. I, I, I check out the next issue. I'm always down for, like, a future self sort of Yeah, it's always a goofy sort of, like, you know, storyline potential. Fascists. I like, I like, I like hearing about fascist future yeah. me. <laughs> because it's not so far from the truth, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, how did that, how did I pull this off? <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. You want to give me some pointers on that one? You know? Who do I have to kill first? But yeah, the the only the only thing that obviously worries me about any kind of teen story of any sort, like the Teen Titans, is that uh, you've always got the the person who's writing it having to create characters that that live up to like the teen stereotypes. You know, that's always a problem. And, you know, they use like the cliche words and things like that. And there was one instance in this book that that actually happened. But it was only one, and it wasn't that bad. But uh, apparently, so Blue Beetle isn't actually part of the Teen Titans, but they're going to make him part of it, obviously, because he just keeps showing up and, like, wanting to hang out with them. And, and... That, that's, that's the way you become a Teen Titan. You're just like, fine. <laughs> just stop fucking showing up, man. You have it's a cool. Room. Just fucking stop breaking all of our toys just to get in. I don't know. But yeah, there's uh, he inadvertently also ends up saving the entire Justice League while all the other Teen Titans are away. And so uh Superman's sitting there and he just goes like, "Thank you, Blue Beetle. We're all we're all extremely grateful for your help." And so the Blue Blue Beetle's response is, "What else was I going to do? Let that dude make me look like I'm like a punk?" It's like Really? <laughs> I, there's just something about that. I was like, you're talking to Superman? I ain't no yeah. sucker. <laughs> you're talking to Superman and that's what you say? Like, that just doesn't make sense. It's, you know, he was just like, 
I just need to prove to you that I'm a teenager, punk. <laughs> really? Like, you're, you're face-to-face with Superman, dude. You know, any teenager wouldn't be a douchebag like that. Shit himself? <laughs> just, just, I, I'm still surprised more people in these universes don't shit themselves with horror. Like, this man could obliterate the planet. He could literally dive through the center of this earth, spin around in a circle, and the whole place would fall to yeah. pieces. I'm not in awe of this Instead, you just... Like, I got a really fancy blue blue suit, but come on. <laughs> Apparently, he just, his response is to spit some jive at him. He's like, <laughs> like what's, what's up, cat? Up? He's just like, uh, all right. Check it, dog. He's an alien, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Get your shit together. It's hard sometimes, because I feel, I, I mean, I feel the pain of the writers, in a sense, because they ha- they're, they're, they're striving to give everyone... A separate voice, you know, it's it's a big deal to not make everyone sound the same, and and oftentimes I feel that I feel the best way to do that is to is to actually have them act differently, not necessarily literally uh-huh. talk different, but but I mean I feel like that's a good that, that that's just a way a lot of writers fall back on, you know, they say well, you know, this person says y'all or. Or, or you know, Wonder Woman talks very proper, or or or, or something uh-huh. like that. And so, just out of out of pure necessity to be like, uh, there are different characters. See, I can do this, and and they 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 tend to kind of almost almost overemphasize it at times, yeah. just to be like, see, look, he talks different. You know, he's a teenager. That's his, that's who he is. <laughs> and you're just like, all right, well. It's it's just, it, sometimes it comes off forced, you know. You're just like, "What's up, teenager, teenager <laughs> ball?" And you're just like, uh. <laughs> "Yeah, all right." Oh yeah, but you know that's so. I consider that actually. If if there's only one instance where it's kind of awkward or forced, then that's that's oh that's a, yeah yeah. I don't know. If you'd asked me to write about teenagers, I'd be like, uh, "Pogs." <laughs> yeah. I don't know what do they do. What do the kids do these days? On iPod. Just like text message. Because they're hip and they're hop. <laughs> I'm not even that old. I mean, I'm 23 for God's <laughs> sakes. I can't. I don't know what runs through a 16 year old's head. Madness. Moving right along. Another comic we both read, which we always both read. Ultimate Spider-Man came out again this week, which seems fast. I don't know. Is, do they seem like they're coming out pretty rapid fire? Yeah, they are. Which is. Awesome, because that means that apparently Stuart Eminem is all on top of his shit, just like uh, Bagley man. was. So, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, as long as the quality doesn't suck. Yeah. I really liked this issue, too. I mean, I, it was kind of what I expected as far as the whole issue went, you know. Like, last issue ended, Spider-Man was in S.H.I.E.L.D. jail, mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. And I was like, well, I mean, he clearly isn't under arrest, and turns out he isn't, of course, and, like, they get out, and they fight Green Goblin, and you're like, okay, like, it's all, everything just goes according to plan in this issue, but it was still really cool. I don't even know why. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. Honestly, the the action scenes that uh, that are drawn by Eminent, I think, are much better than, than Bagley's, because they're a lot more dynamic. They're so much fun to to look at. I mean, I, I I really like the the all the scenes with uh the goblin and Spider Man fighting each other because they're just all over the place. Like, 
I have a question. Yeah. Where the hell does Shadowcat see out of her fucking costume? <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> I don't, I, I've worn her that since day damn one. Like, that's not one of her powers. Like, yeah. she can phase, but she can't phase her, like, vision. Like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I, I honestly, I have no idea. I didn't even realize. I just looked at her costume, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Shadowcat. I can see why she's wearing that, that goofy-ass fucking head thing. Because I think that's pretty poorly designed, I got to say. <laughs> but, hey, otherwise. Like I, I actually, I, I really liked uh, where she appears in this, in this comic. I think that was the funniest part. Because they're just sitting there, and then all of a sudden you see her just Pop out of Carol Danvers' stomach. She's just like, oh my god! There's a person coming out. And I, as soon as I saw that, I just started laughing. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought that was great. It's a weird storyline when you actually stop and think about it. Like, they actually used to date, and he dumped her pretty harshly. Uh huh. So, I mean, I don't know. It always it seems like this would all be more strained than it seems. Like, they're still cool. With each other. Like, she comes and saves his ass and stuff. Like, I'd be like, fuck that guy, man. He was like a bitch to me. He's just like, he broke up with me without even telling me. He just like fucking made out with his ex-girlfriend in front of me or some shit. That's why she's the superheroine, apparently. And I would just fucking slash your tires. Super forgiveness mutant powers. I'd just be like all popping up in your shit all the time. <laughs> Like, I put a bunch of fish in your walls. Deal with that. <laughs> why did you do that? Just Why did you break my heart? <laughs> uh, like, call the police, you ass. I'm going to tell everyone you're Spider-Man. <laughs> Damn it. Top that, I not bitch. have fucked around with this. <laughs> oh, I remembered the other part that I wanted to mention in this book that I thought was pretty, pretty classy. Was they, uh... They've got Spider-Man captured, and Carol Danvers is is interviewing him, and she's running around with his web his web shooters, which like she, you would be doing exactly what she's doing, which is just like shooting him off all <laughs> the place, just be like, this is kind of sweet, like fucking around with him. But I love how you know just her goofing off and being an idiot for a while, like ends up just fucking him over in the end because he runs out of way. <laughs> That's a, it's a little things that really separate a Bendis book from a lot of other books like that. It's like it's like these little weird moments where people say and do things that that see, that are totally reasonable, that are a hundred percent like you're like, yeah, you'd probably do that. You'd probably all talk about your ex girlfriends together or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or that are never shown elsewhere. That was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would just be surprised that Spider Man doesn't actually shoot the web out as like arm like because i mean to the to the to the to the average person that's what you would just assume right yeah. like the guy sticks to walls like runs around the city and shit like that's not mechanical like, yeah yeah you'd just be like so have you ever actually had him and you're like whoa <laughs> you little you made these things you're freaking awesome you're pretty like, badass crazy. and then yeah and then somebody finds them and they're like this is pretty fucking sweet and they're playing with them but then, then just the fact that they revisit it later on, and it's just like, oh, by the way, yeah, yeah like, yeah. because you were being an idiot and you were playing with my shit, <laughs> now I'm falling out of a window, and then that's how the comic is, which I thought was pretty classy. I'm down. I'm, it's, it's always good, and, it's, you know, they, they never dick around with this. Marvel is always totally about being solid with their, with their issues and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's always pretty good. I mean, there's some that aren't as good. 
but it's always good good reads good reads so and i want to go into another book this is actually one that i i guess i don't have a huge amount to mention about because i had already talked about it a little bit before but I just want to give it an honorable mention since it was the last of the miniseries, and that is Green Arrow Year One. Uh, number six of six came out this week. Ooh. And, I mean, it was just, it was a good, solid read all the way through. You know, six issues. I, I didn't feel like it was too long. I didn't feel like it was too short. You know, it might have been able to be compressed into less issues, but I think you would have missed out a lot on the art. And that's one of the things that really made this whole series was, you know, I thought that Jock's art was was really awesome to go through this. And uh, I mean, this issue was no exception. You know, you've got all kinds of crazy, huge things going on, explosions and people fighting. And it's it was it it had some good stuff in it. Uh, You know, the 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 art definitely matched all of the, the writing and the story itself. So. Other than that, I mean, it, it ends kind of where you expect it to. Ollie Queen obviously ends up saving the day, and he kind of learns what it means to be a hero, and then he goes off, and, you know, it's got the last shot of him, like, on a rooftop in a city in the full Green Arrow garb, and he's about ready to go out and rock some worlds. So. Right but, yeah, good series. When, it, when, it's, trade, when it's put in trade, uh, that's worth getting your hands on. I I say, that's worth putting right on. in your year one collections if you have one. I only have this, and I have Batman, and I'm pretty happy. So, um, my last issue for this week was a crazy one, and it was a what if featuring Planet Hulk, and it was a double a double size issue. So, you had two what ifs. I mean, I guess three if you count the last zany ass page, but um. Mm-hmm. You had two main what-if stories. One is what if instead of everyone but Hulk dying on the planet that blows up with the the ship and all that. Um, what if he chooses to save his bride, who apparently is also a horrible badass. Uh-huh. And then she goes on and she goes on a kill like kill crazy rampage on Earth. And, and and it's pretty crazy. Like, I mean, it's a what if, and it's only one issue, I assume. So, it, it, you know, they they always use this as a, I feel it's almost cathartic just for the writers, because, like, Pac is uh-huh. writing this, and he's, you know, he's writing all the other World War Hulk stuff. So, I feel it's, like, almost his license to just go completely batshit insane and just, just, just do whatever. So, he kills off, you know... Uh, a half dozen heroes within the first four seconds of <laughs> uh, of her arriving on Earth, <laughs> just like decapitates this guy and bl- obliterates this fool. So I mean, it, it's cool and, and it's always different to see that sort of thing. So the second issue, the second issue is all about um, what if Hulk actually went to the planet uh, that he was supposed to land on, like the planet that that they intended this completely peaceful world with no no like real predators to fuck with him or anything and it's it, that's also an interesting one i like the way they did that one uh it's kind of hard to explain but um it was definitely low was on the action the it was it was a lot more of a introspective story than it really was uh, you know like it, it wasn't an out and out superhero story at all but yeah it was it, i mean 
I don't know. It was it, it was it's an interesting pickup if you're into the World War Hulk thing already. Mm-hmm. I mean, and how could you not? But um, I mean, I, I feel like their comic book fans know if they're a what if guy or not. If they're, you know, your threshold is either that you're gonna be like okay, cool, and like zany, whoa, and or you're gonna just be like bullshit, <laughs> and then just throw it away. You know, so yeah, you you know if you know if you're like me, and I'm totally into like something totally insane and crazy so. yeah yeah now see i i have fond memories of the of the what ifs and i always used to pick up old back issues of it just you know whatever crazy <laughs> ass one i like it, a lot of times it wouldn't even be stuff that i really even knew anything about i was just like this looks insane i want to check this shit. <laughs> because they could do whatever they wanted they, they only had one issue or you know sometimes yeah. they'd have a, a few issues and they could go over anything that they wanted to and they could you know, they could go put any spin that they ever wanted on it. It's just, that's a cool idea. It's a good playground. Yeah, yeah. It's it, I like I said. I think it's just something. It's it's almost cool for the writers more so than the fans at a certain level. Yeah, it? yeah. But it, I mean, it feeds a certain fan mentality where they're just like, you totally couldn't do this, or like, you know, like you you could do it this way or whatever. And you're like, yeah, well, you could. And this is what would happen if you did. Because, you know, like, obviously they can't do certain things, like, just kill off all of their heroes. Because they have to sell comics for years to come. Right. Like, it's a huge deal when they kill, you know, Captain America in in continuity. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, it was was enjoyable. Um, But um, I'm I'm just going to blend this in with my bullshit moment of the week because they they fit together so nicely and and we're kind of wrapping up the show. Um, I do have to call bullshit on the second arc, um, the one where it's a peaceful, he lands on a peaceful world, and, and, um, I guess to sum up real quick is, after Hulk and Banner kind of go, but go, like, play a more or less cat and mouse game of fucking with each other for God knows how long, mm-hmm. Banner figures out that the Hulk has actually built this little sanctuary for these little beasties that live on the planet. Not beasties, but these little weak little rat, cat, dragon looking things. <laughs> I don't know. They're aliens, so it's impossible to describe. But these little helpless creatures that get eaten up. And so these, these I guess these creatures live in this valley that the Hulk like built Hulk statues around to like ward off the badasses. And they live there for like God, like I don't know, a millennium or I don't know. They they live there so long that they evolve into guys who like live in houses and wear clothes and stuff. And then they're like they're like, you know, there's like one of these cat rat things like talking to his kid and being like, well, these giant stone statues scare off bad guys and 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 they say that like there was this huge god that you know saved us all and let us grow into creatures and stuff and they're like but it's just all stories sometimes <laughs> and and then they're like well come along little tyke and he's like cruising away and there's a horrible monster that i don't even know like a tentacle snake purple beast behind him about to like <laughs> chow down on him and his kid and then out of nowhere the fucking hulk like kills the shit out of this purple snake thing and, like, the kid sees him, and, and the Hulk goes, like, shh, don't tell anyone. And I'm going to call bullshit for, for any number of reasons this is bullshit. A, how fuck long does Hulk get to live? Like, Hulk <laughs> Is he immortal? Little, this must have been the boring, most boring part of his entire existence. Like, 
so long for payoff to like protect these little things so long that they evolve. Apparently. And yeah, and the second part that's crazy is like these guys don't realize it. They're like, it was it's a cute story we tell our kids, and you're like, he's still around. He's still running around your damn neighborhood, like killing <laughs> shit. Like you don't ever see a dead giant purple snake thing like strangled to death, and you're like, well, it must have been lightning. It's like, what? like, how does that fly? Like, I mean. I get it. He's like a religion to you, but if God was like a dude who like ran around and fucked people up in our world, I think there would be slightly more like belief. Yeah, like it'd be hard to deny him if he was like actively destroying <laughs> shit. So uh, it was total bullshit in that. Like, I mean, I liked it. Up, I even liked the part where, like, I, I even bought into the what if, like, these things evolved and they thought the Hulk was God. I was like, yeah, even oh, though that was a little weird. That's a little weird, but you're like, okay, well, whatever. There's like, there, it's like Stonehenge to us or something. I don't know. But then actually to have the Hulk there is absurd. So, bullshit. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and finish up with our last segment of the show. And that's the random pick of the week. Now, it was a slow week, so I was kind of hunting for a little while. And I have to say, there were a couple of things that were piquing my interest. But I settled on something that's that's kind of a much more random pick. One, because it's a series that's been going on for five issues now. And so it's oh. kind of an odd jumping on point. But I, I guess I just picked on, uh, picked up this issue because I was kind of intrigued by the cover. I didn't know where they were going with it. And also, I kind of wanted to try a publisher that I haven't really dipped into very much. And this is uh, Hack Slash number five by Devil's Due Publishing. And, I mean, I've heard some really good stuff about Hackslash. Um, I haven't picked up or even attempted to look at any of the issues because, I mean, I enjoy my horror, but I'm not a really big horror person. Like, I'm not really huge into... Right, right. You know? Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to pass that off in comics, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it has to be really good to, to pique my interest, usually, but... And uh, the reason why I say the, the cover was a little bit uh, intriguing was it was uh, kind of a little bit more like a magazine cover where it's got like all the, the fake subtitles, like tips from Miss America. How to pleasure your man. Or... Yeah, you know, goofy shit like that. And and then it's got like a, a picture of uh, who I assume is the main character, uh, you know, with a knife and some roses and a little tiara and so. You know, it was a goofy little <laughs> cover. I was like, ah, well, I'll go check this out. I'll give it a try for once. Um, so this particular issue was, you know, picking up, I guess, where a lot of, or where the last issues had been left off and following the, the regular characters, which is something that I obviously don't know anything about. But I guess just <laughs> as a uh, a bit of a background for anybody that might not know anything about it, just like me. What I learned from this is that apparently there's a character called Cassie Hack. And as far as I know, she's just some girl. You know, obviously a badass girl. But, you know, like she doesn't have any superpowers or anything. She's running around with her friend Vlad, who's some kind of crazy monster. And they're running around killing off things that they call slashers. Which uh, are some kind of crazy... Uh, I guess I, I look at them as like the Resident Evil kind of like manufactured Zom- uh, 
zombie, zombie evil esque. creatures of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've got the, the everything going on with those characters, and I, I don't really know exactly what their whole story is. So, But for this specific issue, the main story was um, focusing on this new character. It was just like a one-shot character that they introduced, um, who was this little nerdling in the very beginning, like this little boy who, in you know 1989, was digging through his dad's porn stash, apparently. And found this picture of uh, Miss November in, you know, like a Playboy issue named Emily Christie. And okay. so it jumps ahead to where he's working in some laboratory where they end up finding one of these weird creature slasher things. Um, who apparently, you know, is like a live one that they could experiment on. And um, uh-huh. she's apparently mumbling about how she used to be a beauty queen and this and that. And it turns out it's the exact same girl. Ah, okay. And it's like this what bizarre... Where is he going with this? Yeah, it's it's a really weird way to go with it. And I, I thought it was actually pretty cool. It was a good little spin. But apparently this guy has this weird infatuation with her. And so he starts uh-huh. doing weird stuff with this girl in the lab. Like, his boss apparently uh-huh. finds him one night with his pants down in front of the the case that's holding her and so he sends him off the zombie yeah Good Lord. i don't know apparently he's got this weird thing but yeah so anyways he you know in the modern time now i guess um sneaks back into a lab after he's already been like relocated and apparently these creatures need like living blood and flesh and stuff to to survive, and they, like, incorporate it into their bodies somehow. I don't know. But he decides uh, in some, like, weird, perverted way that he wants to, like, give some of his blood to this girl to, like, help her live. And then, of course, everything goes horribly wrong at the very end. I I don't exactly know what happens, but I'm pretty sure she eats his skin somehow and puts it on herself. But it was just this oh. horrific, like, morality story that... I mean, I don't know what the moral was. I just thought it was pretty crazy, sick, and awesome. But um, <laughs> how does the girl fit it? The oh, the the hack slash girl. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I apparently, I don't know. I assume next issue she's gonna bust in and start killing this girl. Like that, that comes back this uh-huh. issue. So this is kind of like a one shot in between. But like. There are all the regular characters have their own side stories going on, and I can't figure out exactly what's going on. Seems dangerous, sir. All sorts of <clears throat> sex with dead bodies and stuff. I don't know. It was Hopefully weird not. and kooky and twisted enough to, to keep me interested in it. So it was a fun sort of horror book for somebody that that doesn't get into horror as much. I I thought it was pretty interesting, and I'd be willing to check it out every once in a while. Uh just to see where it's going, but uh, you know, if if it sounds like it's something that that you would enjoy, if you're if you're big into horror, especially, then definitely give this a try. But if you want something that's a little different, then, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know, you can give it a shot, give it a whirl, maybe pick up the first couple of issues, go back and and see what those are like first. But yeah, it seems like a kind of a genre specific sort of thing. But for those who are into it, probably don't get enough. Of their uh, sex with dead body comics. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're into necrophilia, then this comic's for you. 
Well, uh, I think that's gonna we're gonna wrap it up this week. Um, there's any number of ways you can get in touch with us. There's our main website, irresponsiblypowerless.blogspot.com. You you can subscribe to our feed there and see whenever we post anything, whether it be text or our podcast each week or you know random comics mm-hmm. or comments rather. I should say I actually posted something uh, this week, actually, on there that I, I want to try to follow up on. It. So. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's just a little something that yeah, I was uh, checking out extensive. about. It might look a little intimidating, but it's okay, baby. I'll go slow. <laughs> it's a little something on, on comic di- distribution. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it, it it's something that's been kind of interesting to me, and I, I think it'd be fun to just look at it and see what it means, but... It came out of left field for me, but uh, even I, I, I checked it out. And it, it's, it's it's solid stuff, my friend. So yeah, there is there is new stuff on the website, and and it can appear at any moment. Even I don't know when stuff's going up. <laughs> um, and the only way to know when new stuff comes up on the website is to subscribe. So if you are a listener, you should totally subscribe. Just 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 do it, man. Just do it. It'll be sweet. Um. But other ways to get in touch with us, you can you can get us on MySpace, just irresponsibly powerless, just search us and we put our polls up there and you can email us direct, irresponsibly powerless at gmail dot com. Send us pictures of you and all your sexy glory. Ooh. Um that's gonna be our show for this week. Um I'm we're our, we're your hosts, as every week we're your hosts. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And together We are totally irresponsibly powerless. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good week. Fascists. I like like hearing about fascist future me. And that's the God's honest truth.